do talk for a living. I teach children, and it's so comfortable to get up there and talk to them. And I'm not nervous in that way. I'm more nervous today that I'm here to speak for God and to be a vessel for Him. Um, I'm sure that you all feel the same way I do. Uh, we're not worthy to speak for the Lord. I, I feel that way. <clears throat> but we are because he's chosen us. Amen. So um, I know that I am kind of a quiet person. Don't say anything for it. I am. I'm kind of bashful sometimes. So especially in a setting like this and in church, my husband's like a, a bouncing pogo stick all by himself. And he's loud and boisterous. And I'm just like, thank you. Jesus, you know, and God, he loves it when I praise him like that, because that's from my heart, um, but I want you to find comfort in knowing we're all probably like that, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us are like that today, it's okay to say something out loud, and you know what, I know I'm not the only person who has sat in church before and really felt like I needed to, woo, and didn't do it, I'd rather let my knuckles get wild before I did that, right, uh, God's working on me. I'm getting better about that. So if you feel it, do it. Um, I am a teacher. I'm a mama of two. Chloe is 16. Jacob is 12. And man, we are blessed with really good kids. We are. Um, that comes from child rearing is what we call it in the real world, you know. Uh, Buster and her hobbies when they need it. And loving them uh, through everything. So I'm thankful for those babies, and they're both rainbow babies. They were born, both of them, eight weeks early uh, to the day. They were born the same amount of time early. Chloe weighed 3'7", Jacob weighed 3'8", and we weren't real sure that uh, they were going to be okay until God did something. He always did something. I was going to, uh, I had Chloe in Russellville, and we had to travel an hour away to see her because she was taken to Children's Hospital in Little Rock, and I was so worried. She's my first baby, and she's away from me, and I didn't know if she was going to be okay, and God did something pretty miraculous. He just, just put a rainbow in the sky for me, and to me, that means promise, and God spoke to me in my spirit, and he said, my promise. I didn't worry anymore after that. That baby girl was back in a week. God did something miraculous in her. And you'll never guess what happened when Jacob was born. I got another rainbow that day. I did. Why me? Why would he do that for me? Because he loves me. And guess what? Jacob was okay. He's honoring like his daddy, but he was okay. <laughs> I'm going to pick on Nathan a lot today. I did ask his permission. He said that I could, so I'm going to do that. I'm going to take this opportunity. Um, I told the Lord last, or this year, I went to GFCC to their uh, conference, and I wasn't supposed to go. I was at home teaching, and we let Chloe go with Nathan. And so Jacob and I were there, and that's when the ice storm came, you know. There's ice everywhere. Well... God was really working on Chloe up there. He broke something off of her that I didn't even know she was dealing with. Um, you shelter your kids from everything you possibly can. And sometimes you just can't shelter them from everything, right? So God was breaking something off of her, something that had happened to her that we didn't know about. And, of course, Nathan calls me, and he tells me what's happened. And 
I'm a mama. I'm crying like a crazy person. And I just got a wild hair. I mean, it's an ice storm. Um, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. So I got my car. I got Jacob. And I got my niece. And uh, we headed off to Florida. Because I thought, you know, she's not going to be okay without me. She's got to have me. She needs a mama up there. Daddy's not okay. You know, I got to go. So I am crazy. And I wasn't thinking in my mind that it was past Arkansas, too. You know? <laughs> Just Arkansas got the eye. So I head on. Had I known, I wouldn't have even started. But it was all in God's, God's will for me to go. Uh, not for the reason that I thought, though. <laughs> so I'm going, and I'm not kidding you. 10 to 20 miles an hour all the way to Alabama. All the way to Alabama. Listen, if you know me at all, I'm not driving in the rain. I'm not driving in the dark. And I started out in the evening. <laughs> so I'm in the rain, the snow, the sleet, the hail, the ice, in the dark. With these two kids, and somehow they made me feel comfortable, you know, because I had somebody else with me. Surely nothing's going to happen to two young kids. You know, <laughs> felt safe there. But that just tells you what we would do for our children. You know, in my mind, she needed me there. And God says that our love toward our children is considered evil compared to the love that He has for Whoa. If we love our kids that much and we would put ourselves in danger for them, what more would God do for us? A lot more. I'll tell you right now. I got up there. Um, Chloe didn't need me. She has a new mom up there. There's a new family up there. Kyla and Chris are her parents, and she's got sisters, and it's not needed. Um, but God needed me there because I needed God in a way. Um, that I'd walked away from him in a sense. You know, I, I'm saved. I was saved even then. But, you know, the will of God is a scary thing. If you get too afraid of it, you won't walk in the will of the Lord. So I'm up there, and God did a work on me. It's like, okay, I'll just take you and put you up here, and we'll do some work in you too. And that's exactly what he did. So that trip wound up being for God to do something in me. And I said that to say that I told the Lord, I, I was... I knew that I would be a minister years and years ago, and I used to preach for my daddy at his church. That's about as far as that went. I wasn't about to step out anywhere else. But I married a preacher, and I thought, well, I'll just get to be a supporter. That's what I'm going to do. So I did for 17 years. And um, I told the Lord, I said, I really want to be out of the public school system. I feel like that will happen for me one day because... I want to be in ministry full-time. I want that. And if you're married to a minister, a lot of women want to do that, too. Um, but I want to do it for my children. And there are a lot of eyes in that. Okay? God showed me that, too, recently. But I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Well, I got home. And a friend of mine from a local church very small church in Dover, Arkansas. She called and she's like, hey, we're having a little tea party. And I was just thinking, maybe you would want to speak for us. And I was like, well, I better just say yes right now. Yeah, I'd be glad to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I 
you know, I had my little plastic smile on, and oh man, we got off the phone, and I was like, what did I do? You know, what am I going to say? And I remember having spoken somewhere before, and I didn't feel the power of God like I knew I needed to feel Him. And I said, and that, that was just in my mind, going over and over, you know, the enemy allows things to come in your mind, we allow things to come in our mind. Um, and I was thinking, Lord, it's going to be like that. It's just going to be dry. It's going to be awful. And I ain't doing anything. You know, I've, I've told God that before. I ain't doing it. If you ain't going to be there, I ain't doing it. Um, but I told the Lord, you know, he reminded me of what I said. And I said, I will do it. I'm going to do it. Even if you don't show up and even if you don't anoint me, I'm going to do it. Because I said I would. And I started walking in obedience. What a neat place to be. Walking in obedience. So I did it, and I went. And guess what? It was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. And the ladies just said, there are probably like 15, 20, maybe 30 ladies, I don't know. They just said, oh, you did so good. But you know what? That was a test for me. God was seeing, are, are you sure you're going to be obedient? And when I left there, instead of crying and being sad that it didn't happen the way I wanted it to, and that the anointing didn't come out, and it wasn't loud, and I wasn't sitting everywhere, instead of that, I cried and I said, God, I will do it, and I'll do it again if you ask me to. And the next day, Sister Carla called <laughs> Well, actually, they called Nathan because they didn't have my number. And anyway, we got our numbers together, and she called, and she asked me, and I had to say yes. I had to. I knew what I told God. And if this was happening, it was for God. It wasn't for me. So, Sister Carla, you didn't know it then, but God had already started the work. So your obedience led to my obedience. So I appreciate that. And we really should give a hand clap to our pastor's wife. The things that go on behind the scenes. Unless you've been married, you don't know the fullness and the realness of what your pastors deal with. Uh, wow. We appreciate you very much. And that's hard to accept, I know. <laughs> I'm usually on the other side, so it's neat to be on this side. It's so neat. Okay, well, I have tons to say today, so you probably need to help me, if you don't mind, with time. Because I told you I'm a teacher, so I can talk. Oh, man. Um, when you decide that you're going to walk in obedience, Get ready, get ready, get ready, because the attacks are coming. They're not just coming, just just a little bit of an attack. No, they're coming. They're coming full force. The enemy will do anything he can to keep you from doing the will of God. And if you have the anointing on your life, if you're called, you have the anointing. They go together. If you have the anointing on your life, the attacks will be hard. They're going to be big. Anything that can keep you from doing the will of God, it's going to come up. It is. That happened for me. The minute she asked me, the minute I said yes, whoa. I mean, I knew something would come. I knew. And I should have known this after all these years. 
The enemy studies us. He's not dumb. He studies us. He knows us. God knows us more. But the enemy studies us, and he knows where to hurt you. He knows what it takes to keep you from being in the will of God. How does he know? How do we know what he knows? Because he's been doing it. How many of us, you don't have to raise your hand, but you totally should. <laughs> How many of us have a call in our lives, but we're too scared? It's okay if you put your hand down here. <laughs> I've been here for a long time. We're going to be up here, hopefully, by the end of this service. Amen. And I like the setting, sister. I like it. It's okay. It wasn't like the tea party, which the tea party was fine. But I, I can see the eyes from these women, and they're here for something. They were, they didn't come for a meal, and those people at that church are precious. They are so precious. But it's a different setting, even though there are tables and we had dinner. It's different. Um, the attacks came, and my soft spot is my family, my extended family. You know, my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, my nieces, my nephews. Those are my people, and I love my people. So that's where the enemy is going to target me. And he did, and boy, did I obsess over it. I am, I give everything, everything in me to my family. I love them. And I won't go into details of what happened, because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What matters is the enemy was winning. Because I woke up, I was thinking about it. In the shower where I used to sing and pray, I was thinking about it. I didn't even say anything in the shower anymore. I was just thinking about it. I was obsessing over it, over and over and over. When I went to bed, I was thinking about it. Before I was even supposed to wake up, it was in my dreams. I was tormented. I was absolutely tormented because I had taken my eyes off of the Lord and off of the will of the Lord, and I put it on me and my feelings. We cannot put ourselves first. We have to put God first. It's a neat thing. Um, we're still in the battle. We are. But God has given me such a peace about it because I realized where I was. I was looking at that instead of looking at the Lord. And I choose today, again, to look at the Lord for this. Because God's going to take care of everything. But something happened before I decided that I was going to give it, give it up to the Lord. You know, just lay it down. Um, a tragedy stuck, struck in our town. And it was bad. There's this beautiful family, um, a girl that I've known for a long time. We're not close or anything at all. Probably haven't even talked in, I don't know, a long, long time. Um, but she has a husband, three children, and they work in her dad's church. They lead worship. They're just great people. And they had a really bad accident. And uh, the kids were in it, and the mom and dad. The kids were fine. Mama was fine. But dad was not because they got T-boned like this in a, a vehicle. Somebody had stolen a car and they were driving it like it was stolen and ran right into the side of them. And the dad is still in the hospital. God absolutely dropped me to my knees. Nothing in my life mattered. It still doesn't matter like that anymore. The obsessing that I was uh, giving the enemy. You know, the time I was giving him over, it was nothing. And instead, God replaced that with such a heavy burden. I can't tell you how heavy that burden was. But I got in my car, because that's 
the only place I can get where nobody else is there in my car going down the road. Me and the Lord and the heaviness. It was just so much. And I just prayed and I cried. I had read something where they said, oh, well, we've, we've been talking about how we're going to donate his organs and, you know, all the, all the things that you do when death has come and you've given in to death. And I, my spirit was grieved, even more than grieved. It was angry because this man is 30-something years old. He's got three young babies and a wife, and he's serving the Lord. And we either serve a God that heals or we don't. What is it? We preach that he heals. But we're just going to say, oh, we're going to donate his organs. And I feel like they were doing what they think was responsible, you know. But I wasn't in the middle of that scenario. Instead, I was on the outside getting to look in. And I was angry in my spirit. And where two or three are gathered, God's going to do something. God is in the midst. I called my cousin, who's like an aunt to me. And, man, we had church. I was in the car. People probably thought I was insane. We were praying, speaking in tongues, and I knew at that moment that I had reached heaven. We had reached heaven for that man. And it wasn't just us, because there were thousands and thousands and thousands of people praying for them. But I knew that we had reached the throne of God that day. And I told my husband, I said, I will not allow him to die. In the name of Jesus, I will not allow him to die. His brain was detached. It looked bad. It looked so bad. Death was there. I don't remember what scale this was, but they said he came in on a three, and at a 15, you're living, and at a three, uh, you're dead. You're just dead. You're not going to make it. Well, he was a three when he went in there, but I wasn't going to let that happen. He's nobody to me. Not really. I mean, he's not close to me, but see, this is the statement I I told somebody this morning, you, I think, um, said something about we're a family. She was telling us that your church is a family. God gave me this this week, and it's so simple, but it's so huge to me. We have our blood family, you know, like my brothers, my sisters, all of us were a blood family. And then we have the blood family. That is strong. We have our blood family, but then we have the blood family. Wow. That blood, the blood family is more closely knit than any blood family. The Bible says that a friend sticks closer than a brother. Our the blood family. Have you have you noticed how we stick together? When these people were in dire need of prayer, the blood family got together and reached the throne of God. I am so thankful for the healing power of God. Because without it, who are we serving? Who are we serving? That was huge to me. And guess what? My little problem in my family doesn't mean as much as it did before. Isn't that me? But it took something ugly to make me see that. When will I learn? Anybody else ever feel like that? And I like that statement. The blood family. Wow. That was huge to me. So, I guess I'll tell you about that guy. Um, His brain was detached. And they said if he lived, he'd be a quadriplegic or he'd be comatose. Uh, But God. But God. Don't tell me. And I respect Dr. Yes, I do. God gave them the intelligence and the know-how and very special gifts. But God. God. Guess what? Um, His wife came into the room and he looked at her. He turned his head. His brain's detached from his spine, but he turned his head. 
They said, move your right arm. He purposefully moved his right arm. And when I say purposefully, I don't mean that he just kind of moved it. I mean he purposefully did it. And his left arm. And his right leg. And his left leg. But his brain is detached from his spine. Well, they go in to do another scan. Oh, it's not detached. Maybe it wasn't before we just overlooked. No, sir. God healed him. Now, he has a long road to recovery. They did have to go in. They had to put some plates in there. But God, you guys know this story. God has moved on that situation. And the doctors say it's going to take some time. I'm pretty sure that it won't take as much time as they think. Because God has already brought him. What they said was light years away from where he should be. Let's give God praise. Praying for somebody is so important. Um, I have been known to do this so many times, probably my entire life. Somebody asked me, um, will you pray for me? Yeah, I'll pray for you. My helper, Jesus. Bless her. In Jesus' name. That's a bunch of garbage. It is. It is. It's garbage. And I know that's bold. It is garbage. Because the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman, mankind, availeth much. It didn't say a mamsy pansy prayer. It said effectual, fervent. I'm looking at it right here. Effectual means effective. For something to be effective, you got to really mean it. You know, you've got to really put some prayer to something, you know, like you would if somebody was in a car accident and they were dying. Somebody needs prayer. Maybe it's a small thing. Maybe it's a bee sting and they were allergic to it and their fingers swollen up. So what? They need God to move on their behalf right now. Now, oh, Lord, let me get that. It'll be all right. Yeah, it will be, but let's reach the throne of God for it. Fervent means having or displaying passionate intensity. If you've never prayed passionately for anything, you need to. Take on somebody else's burden. Ask God to give you a burden for someone so you can experience how to passionately pray for something or someone. Like I said, I wasn't close to this man or his family, but we know them. They're the blood family. So we pray. We pray passionately, and God heard us. So we, that's not the first time I've prayed like that. Now, I titled this The Goodness of God um, because I thought when she asked me to speak, I said, I can, I can talk about the goodness of God. That's not a problem. I can talk about all the things God's done. Well, every time somebody preached something, I was like, ooh, I'm going to say that. I'm going to use that. I've got all these things coming into my head. But we, we've narrowed down to this right here. You're welcome. <laughs> I am going to read a couple of things. I want you to just picture something in your mind. A family of four, a mother and father who love one another, a beautiful daughter who makes good grades, kind, generous, and caring, and a handsome son who's athletic, intellectual, clever, funny, and a perfectly tamed and trained German shepherd in their home. <laughs> Living in a beautiful home that's beautifully landscaped in a good neighborhood. There's a deck on the back porch and a welcoming pool sits right in the middle of the deck. This all sounds so American dreamlike, doesn't it? 
and is perfectly pleasing to the eye or the mind. Scenario two. Picture a drug-addicted husband and father, a lonely wife and baby girl who are alone and afraid, abandoned by nearly everyone that ever called them friend or family, a woman who walked into her rundown apartment and flipped on a light switch, but there was no electricity because the money that she gave to the drug-addicted husband to pay for it was used for drugs. A woman who walked herself out to her car to go to work only to find that it had been repossessed because the payment wasn't made. A woman whose family member picked her up to take her to work, but left her in the middle of town so they wouldn't be late for something. Now, I want you to know that that family is the same family. And that was our life. It didn't start out like that, but we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Everybody has a story. It looks like we have things picture perfect. Things are so great in our lives, and the Lord has blessed us. But everybody's got a story. You have a story. I'd love to hear everybody's story. I think that we could all write a book. I chose to write a book to help others who need to hear that you can come out of darkness into light. We can do that through Jesus Christ. Um, so I did. I wrote a book last year uh, titled Wounded Soldier. I forgot to bring him today. Sorry. Um, if you want one, you can message me on Facebook through Messenger or something, and I can get you one. Um, you should read it. If, if drugs and drug addiction have ever touched your life, you need to read it. Or if you know someone um, who's in a situation like that or is in a situation like that, this book just gives hope. And that's what I hoped for it to do, to give hope. And I'm thankful that it has um, given hope to others. Um, the title again is Wounded Soldier. We're all soldiers in the army of the Lord. We fight battles every day of our lives. Whether we're here, we're out in the world. How many of us have jobs outside of the church? Yeah, it's a battle zone out there, right? It's a war zone. I'm in the school system. Yeah, that's a war zone, guys. I don't know if you know that or not, but now you do. It's a war zone. <laughs> I do want to make it clear, again, that I have permission to write the book, and I have permission to pick on my husband a little bit today, um, and you guys can pick on him later on tonight, too. He'll be okay with that. If anybody, if you guys know him, you know that he'll be okay. He'll pick on you, too. So in 1999, a long, long time ago, I was a senior in high school, and I started praying for my husband. I didn't know who he was, but I started praying for him. I knew that I would marry a minister. God had already revealed that to me. Um, but I was really specific. Specificity. Yeah, that word. It matters. It really does matter for you to be specific with the Lord. Um, so I met Nathan. Well, I later found out that he got saved in 1999. That's when I started praying. So God immediately started answering my prayer. Isn't that cool? So even when you don't see it, he's working. He is. I love that song, and it's so true. We might not see it, but he's working. So I started praying in 1999. He got saved in 1999. But here's the kicker. I wanted someone who was seasoned in preaching. My nerves couldn't handle a newbie. No. <laughs> I was raised in church. I know what it's like when somebody's getting up there like this, and they're so nervous, and you just want to leave. <laughs> I can't handle that. So I was very specific. God, I don't want somebody who's new in preaching. If, if they have to be older, that's fine. I need someone who's been preaching for a little bit, you know. 
So I met Nathan in 2000, and I did not like him. He was so obnoxious. He was just all the things that I did not like. Oh, I saw him at church. He was dating a girl that I actually babysat. She's just a little bit younger than me, but she was kind of immature when I babysat her. But I always like to tell Nathan, you've dated somebody I babysat. But she was sweet. Um, but he was dating her, and I met him while he was dating her. And I was so glad that he was with her and not me. I was so, so glad. That's so mean, I know. <laughs> So I prayed specifically. God was not, uh, he knew. If I hadn't been specific with God, Nathan probably would have fallen in love with me and I with him. But it didn't happen. No. It was not time because he had just started preaching. (laughs) That was my specific thing. No, thank you, Lord. Let's wait a while. I was not in a hurry for that, for sure. So I was in prayer one day, and of course, I was always praying for my husband, all that stuff. Uh, God gave me a vision. It's kind of silly, but he gave me a vision of me and this short, stocky guy. Nathan's a little bit shorter than me. Short, stocky guy holding hands like this, skipping down the streets of gold in our socks. So I opened my eyes up. So weird. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Had to be something, right? I wasn't thinking that at that moment, but I was thinking, Amanda, you're crazy. Why would you even have that in your head? You know, I wasn't even accepting that that was from the Lord. That was crazy, Amanda. Well, Nathan was preaching one night before we were together, and he was telling a story. And all of a sudden, he enters this segment. He said, when I get to heaven, I want to run and slide down the streets of gold in my socks. <laughs> my eyes got really big and my jaw dropped. And I was like, no. <laughs> no, no. Maybe it just wasn't the right time. About three years later, it took three years for God to get him where he needed to be. Um, I was selling fireworks for my daddy at his uh, church tent, and in walked that familiar, obnoxious guy. I was thinking, what is he doing here, you know? Hi, how you doing? Well, he came in, and he's like, oh, I'm just here to visit your brother. And he's asking me all these questions. So, um, what's God got you? For you and your life, you know, what do you want to do with yourself? And I was like, oh, you know, just selling fireworks right now. I'm not really sure. I wasn't going to give him any hope of anything. I don't know where he was going with that. So he kept coming back. I mean, I'm stuck at the fireworks tent. I can't go anywhere. I mean, my dad can't come sit down there every day. He keeps coming back. And my brother, what a brat. He haunts us in to go into Wendy's to get them some chicken because they're so hungry. You know, they can't wait or anything. So Nathan and I, I don't know how they got me in that car. I don't know. I'm pretty stubborn. I'm pretty stubborn. But, but God. Um, so I got in the car and we went to town, got Wendy's. We were headed back. And listen, I was raised in church and everything, but... <laughs> He's listening to this song. Our God is an awesome God. There are no words. It's just an orchestrated version of it. So music. I love music. That's fine. Everything. But this dude is over here feeling Jesus speaking in tongues. And I'm over here like, oh, God, I'm 
<laughs> death grip on the chicken sandwiches. Over there. I'm just thinking, I'm going to kill my brother. I'm going to kill him. Yes, that's going to happen. <laughs> awkward trip. Very awkward trip. That is in my book, too, but it doesn't mean the same until you hear me tell it. Because, really, it was awkward. <laughs> I had no intention in doing anything else with Nathan Middleton ever, ever. So anyway, let's fast forward just a little bit. We got married. God made it okay. <laughs> Nathan actually asked me to marry him in his mother's basement. You know, it's a living area. And he said, um, so, you going to marry me or what? <laughs> No romance. Should have put that on the specific list. Got <laughs> with me a little bit, and I was like, "Well, are you asking?" I was mean, like, "Yeah, I'm asking." And he throws a ring over to me. I was like, "Well, I might be crazy, but I guess, yeah." Let's do this. So that was almost 18 years ago. Yeah, it's been a, quite a journey. Don't, don't say all oh, yet. <laughs> that first year was rough. You take a 22-year-old and a 27-year-old who are set in their ways. He was on that side of the world. I was on that side. And you put them together. It's a recipe for disaster. But God. Amen. Amen. I'd love to say that because he changes everything. Amen. So the the first year was rough. It was. um, We actually, I conceived a baby very early. And I thought immediately, Lord, what doing. We're not ready for this. And and I even said that out loud. I was like, God, we're not ready. We're not ready for this. Um, we did wind up losing that baby, but but God, you know, he, he makes all things okay. He does. Um, he fixed us through that and he blessed us big with our kids that we have now. And then we have one waiting on us when we get over there. But that's just a trial. That was just a trial and God was taking us through these trials. He was allowing us. Um, so, uh, the real problem that we we're about to encounter really began with me. You know, Nathan gets the flack for it. Um, but the problem was, I prayed hard for my promise, for my husband. I prayed hard for him. But then I got him. I didn't need to pray anymore, right? So, in my mind, you know, I'm still, it took me a long time to mature. I'm not real sure I'm fully matured yet. <laughs> really. Spiritually, for sure. I'm still learning every day. But um, I quit praying. I quit praying for him. That was the biggest mistake of my life. Now, the decisions that he made, they're not my fault. But it's my fault that I stopped praying. Just because God has given you what you pray for does not mean that you can just enjoy it. And not covered in the blood of Jesus. You have to pray for your husband. You have to pray for your kids. Yeah, you have kids. Anything can happen at any moment. Don't you dare stop praying for what God has blessed you with. There's a more in-depth story. And I'm going to shorten it. There's a lot of stuff I could tell. A lot of funny things. But we better be serious a little bit. My world began to crumble just a little bit at a time. My dad was 48. He got cirrhosis of the liver and he died over the weekend. From Friday to Sunday. Never drank in his life. He was overweight. He died over a period of two days. My mom got breast cancer. She's going through chemo all right here at the same time. And then Nathan backslides. 
He goes back to what he knew. You take anybody who backslides, they're going to go back to whatever it was that they did before. Because that's what they know. And for him, it was drugs. It was meth. And I was a preacher's kid. I was very naive. I didn't know what was going on. And I believed everywhere he said for a very long time. But God really taught me. Now listen, we can blame Nathan all day long for all the things that he did. But without the trial that I went through, I would not be who I am today. And God had to allow me to go through that so that I would listen. I told you I was stubborn. I am stubborn. Sorry. I am stubborn. God had to take me through those things to break off the ugly things that made me who I was. He did. So in a way, I don't want to go through that ever again, but in a way I am thankful for the trial, for that battle. Though it was long and hurtful. Psalm 62 says that God is our rock. My dad was my rock. We couldn't have that, could we? He had to be removed. I'm not saying God took him out, but he allowed it. He was the man of God in my life. Nathan never would have been the man of God in our family. Never, if my daddy had been here. That was my daddy. He was my rock. You know, I didn't know how to transition from that. God removed that rock. But guess what? Not so Nathan could be the rock. He was gone too. He's out. My mom's my mom. You know, God wanted to be my rock. I had to get in a place where God was who I looked for, looked to for answers. He will remove things out of your life. You need to take a look at your life today. Ask yourself, have I covered all of this in the blood? Have I? Am I living for God truly and holy? Is he first? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. That's true. Don't seek your dad first. Don't seek your husband first or your kids. He can remove those things and he will allow them to be removed if you're not careful. Cover them in your blood, in his blood, not yours. Cover them. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. <laughs> Unless you know you're going to be blood. <laughs> so I'm going through this trial, and I feel like I'm living in a bubble. You know, I feel like I'm the only person in the world, me and Chloe, sweet, precious Chloe. She really was sweet from the very day God gave her to me. She was so sweet. Wow. But it was just me and her. We were in this bubble. I didn't even know that life was going on outside of there. Because I was just looking at my problems. You know, just looking at, why am I going through this, God? What's going on? I, I didn't have the epiphany yet that God needed to be my rock. I didn't have it yet. Uh, Nathan began to leave for weeks at a time. He wouldn't come back. And, you know, I tried to be understanding. And uh, he would say, well, my friend needs me. And. You know, I'm just like, okay, I understand. You know, I've lost my dad. His friend lost his dad. Yeah, go. Well, that lasted several weeks until I called and said, listen, I don't feel right. Something's not right. Well, duh, Amanda. Only took you two or three weeks to figure that out. Something was wrong. And that's when the spirit started showing. Somebody told me that you need to pray for God to show you what's real and what's not real. Yeah. What a prayer to pray. But don't pray it unless you're ready. Because you're going to start seeing through different eyes. You can't see through your eyes anymore. It'll be through different eyes. And God will show you what's real and what's not real. And it's not pretty. 
One day Nathan was supposed to pick me up from work and he didn't show up. And I am so prideful in such a way that I do not ask for help. I don't like to ask for help. I want to do it myself because I can do it myself, you know? Well, I couldn't then, and I had to ask one of my family members to uh, give me a ride to work because I was holding down a job, you know. And um, on the way, you know, we dropped Chloe off at a precious lady's house who babysat her for free because she loved her. That's all she would tell me. If you can pay me, great. If you can't, I love her. It's okay. Wow. That's God for sure. Everybody's time is valuable, so I appreciate that person still to this day. So we dropped her off, and we get to Tech, and the car stops, goes into a parking spot, and this person said, well, you'll just have to walk the rest of the way. I can't be late for class, you know. I'm working at a bank. I'm dressed nice, kind of like in the day, big shoes on, you know, and I'm like, um, okay. Uh, okay. So I get out, and I take off walking. It's the middle of summer. I'm dying inside. I'm dying outside because it's hot. I'm sweating to death. And I'm in the middle of Russellville, and I have to go to West Maine. That's where the bank was. And I can't be late again, you know. I've been late because of Nathan before. I can't be late again. I was going to be late, though. So I'm sweating. I'm almost there. This is how God does things. I'm almost to the bank. And this guy drives by in this truck, and I recognize his face, and I was like, oh. No, please don't let me turn around. I don't want people to see me like this. I'm, I'm a prideful person in that way that I want to have everything together, you know. I'm not as bad as I used to be, but it's hard for me to accept help from someone else. So this man does a U-turn, comes back. I'm like, thanks, Lord. I know you did that for me, but thanks. <laughs> so I'm sweating. I probably stink. I got these big shoes on. I'm hot, mad, and sad, and alone. And this man gets me, and I'm a big old fat ball of emotion. And he's like, do you need a ride? I'm like, no, I'm almost there. I'm right here. All I got to do is cross this big highway that's full of traffic. <laughs> 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 I need a ride. He goes, get in. I'll take you over there. And that air felt so good. And I was like, no, it's fine. He said, get in the car. I'm taking you down there. And I was like, okay, well, the truck. So I got in the truck, and uh, he took me. But on the way, he's telling me how much God loves me. I said, I know God loves me. I do. He said, and your family loves you. Blood family. My blood family. You know. This blood. And I said, do they? Do they love me? He said, yeah, they do. They really do. I said, okay, I appreciate you telling me that. You know, I was pretty cold about it. They do love me. And they did love me. They didn't understand. He gets me to work. I'm a crazy person. But God spoke to me all day long. I love you. I see you. People don't always see you. Sister Carla and Brother Lee, we were sitting at lunch when they were down in Arkansas. And they sat there. If you've ever been with them, you know what they do. They listen. They really listen. They're not just looking at you. They're listening to what you have to say. I appreciate that because they saw me. They saw who I was. They saw that I did have something. I appreciate that. Not everybody sees that. But people who are looking through the right eyes, they see. That man was looking through the right eyes that day. And I'm thankful they gave me a little bit of air conditioning on top of that sweat that I had. (laughs) 
I had a friend who got really tired of seeing me struggle, um, the blood family, a friend out of our church. And she said, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to help you. And she got a man in the church um, who was financially blessed and asked if he would help me. And they helped me get in an apartment. They helped me get a car. And I was so thankful. So now I can get myself to work and get Chloe where she needed to go. But I couldn't let go of Nathan. I couldn't. I prayed so hard for God to give me a release from him so I could just be free. And the only thing that kept coming back over and over again is how I prayed for him. And I asked God, I said, did I pray for this? Did I? Did I pray for this? Yeah, I did. Because I prayed specifically. And part of the specifics was that God would bring me into what he wanted me to be, who he wanted me to be. And I had to go through this. I had to go through this or I, I still would be that person. And being raised in church, I had a great family. I mean, our church was wonderful. And a lot of the foundations uh, that are in my life are, are from that, of course. But I had a lot of religion on me. If you don't know the difference between religion and being spiritual, it's time to have a talk with Jesus. Because, you know, if a drug addict walks in right now, God, God wants to save them too. He sent Jesus for them too. I didn't really have that in my heart. I didn't have a heart for these people. But I do now. I do now for sure. I saw Nathan at his worst. I saw him at his best. That worse. I used to grind so much because he was he was so lazy back then. He would just wear a white t-shirt, just lays around on the couch, you know, not do anything. And I was like, could you get up and do something? You know, put a nice shirt on something. I would describe about that. I, I like him to look nice, you know. And I found myself when he was living back out in sin, hoping that he'd just be back on that couch in that white t-shirt again. I would never gripe about it again, and I haven't griped about it again. <laughs> he is so helpful now, though. I train him well. He does laundry. He does. He cooks dinner. Our house is clean. Not because I did it, because I'm gone. I work, you know? He is so helpful. God really has transitioned him to. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Anybody else have a husband that helps? Thank you, Lord. Just give him a hand right now. So through this, God showed me that I needed to change my way of praying. Nathan wasn't coming back. It didn't look like it. Um, I went and visited Brother David Owens, and he encouraged me to tell this in my book. And I fought with him a little bit, but he pretty much insisted that I share it. So I did. Um, I went and visited with him and Sister Kim, and I said, I don't know what to do. I'm stuck. I didn't have my dad. He couldn't help me. I don't know what to do. Brother David, I need help mentally. I need mental help. I need spiritual help. He said, listen, it's over. He's not coming back. And I left there crying so hard because I just didn't feel that in my spirit. You know, when you ask God for relief, he takes it away from you. If it's his will, he'll take it from you. You won't have that longing anymore. But Brother David said, the minute I walked out that door, God reprimanded him. And he said, how dare you give up on something that I haven't given up on? Wow. Thank you. So thankful. 
and God gave me that promise. I quit praying for it, and now I'm taking it back. I am taking it back. The devil cannot have what God gave to you. And the Bible doesn't say that the devil will turn everything for his glory. Uh Uh-huh, no. God turns everything around for his glory. And that's what happened here. If you've got somebody who's supposed to be living for the Lord, that's everybody, by the way. Be a godly pet. You need some tapes or CDs? Come see me. I'll find something. (laughs) That was my way of getting to Nathan. That was God's way of getting to Nathan with his own words. With Brother B.H. Clendenin, who he nearly idolized, but not in, in a bad way, you know, just in the Lord. And Brother David Owens, he's, he's a, a, a firm foundation in our marriage. He married Nathan and me, and Chloe, when she was in my womb, she was pretty still most of the time in church. You know, she wouldn't roll around too much. But when she heard Brother David preach, that girl did somersaults. I'm not kidding. Every time he spoke, she would just roll around. She loved him, and she still loves him. We love him for sure. Looking back, I bet God was laughing just a little bit while I was being a pest. You think? I mean, God does have a sense of humor for sure. One of the biggest things was people did not understand why I wouldn't just let go. You know, one of my friends said to my sister, does she just think she can't get anybody else? She's such a classy woman. You know, classy, have you seen me lately? (laughs) Did you see me walking down the street? No, but your brother did because that's who picked me up. (laughs) I'm classy? No. They don't understand. When God gives you something, God gave it to you. And if you want to give it up, go right ahead. But that's not the will of God. This was the will of God. It was the will of God for me to wait. Waiting is hard. It's hard and it's lonely and it's painful. But God will also show you who the blood family is. Your family will forsake you. They did. Nathan knocked on the door. He said, one of his family members, he said, can I have a blanket? He was sleeping in his car. He said, no, you can't have a blanket. Slam the door in his face. You tell me that's Jesus. Mm-mm. That's not the Jesus I serve. No way. But God was showing me. He was showing me who these people were and who our people are. You know? He taught me a lot through that. One thing in particular, um, Nathan came home and he was coming down off of something and so tired. He'd been up for weeks and I made him some dinner and he fell asleep and he was on the couch. So I cleaned dinner up and everything and Chloe and I were going to bed and I woke him up and I said, um, we're going to bed. You can come if you want to. And he just came straight up off that couch, eyes full of the devil and a voice that said, no. You know, Amanda would have gotten the baby and run away. But God gave supernatural strength. I cannot explain it to you. Where there once was fear, there was not fear anymore. And I looked at that devil. That wasn't Nathan. And I looked at that devil and I said, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Lay down. And he did. He laid down. And I would bet I've never even thought about it again. Now listen, if you know me at all, you know I'm going to be like, oh gosh, what's going to happen next? No. From that moment on, God changed me. I'm not afraid of those demons. Yeah. They're yeah. Un- under subjection to us. Yeah. Amen. 
to the Lord. So I got up the next morning, and he was the very same way that I left him. Yeah. And he was out of that house right after that. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. The devil cannot have hold on you. He can't change you. He can't control you unless you allow it. I woke up out of a dead sleep one night, and I mean, I was sleeping fine, and in my, I guess in my spirit, I just felt something weird. And I opened my eyes, Chloe and I were laying on a, a mattress just in the floor, you know, it was what we had, and there was this dark figure in the doorway, and oh, the presence that filled my room, it was so evil. And again, normally I would be afraid. All I knew to do was pray. So I started praying and speaking in tongues and praying and praying. And that thing left. And I was so relieved. And I just went back to sleep speaking in tongues. And the next day Nathan called and he said, I almost died last night. And I said, what? He said, I ran off the road. I was so tired. That was the night that he asked for a blanket because he was sleeping in his car. It was really, really cold at that time because um, this went on for a while. And uh, he, if you've ever been up to Mount Judy and the mountains, you know, if you go off the road, you're going down. You're going down somewhere. So he, like, barely went off the road right there. And somebody was there, somehow stalked him. I don't know how. I still don't know how. But God saved him from death. The night before, and I believe that that is the spirit that came into my room and was taunting me. Ha! Wow! Ha! I got it. I got it now. No, there's power in prayer. There is power in prayer. I got to a point where I was so so tired. I was just sick and tired. I was praying, God help me. God help me. Do this. You know that little Mansy Pansy prayer I was talking about earlier. Help me, Lord. Get me through this. It was always about me. And God showed me through me being really tired and giving up. I said, God, you know what? At this point, please just don't let him die and go to hell. And that was the prayer. That was the prayer that changed things because it had nothing to do with Amanda. It had nothing to do with me. It had to do with his soul. And that's what the battle was the whole time. How dumb of me to let it go on so long. But God was teaching me. It was a, but a minute later, maybe not even a minute, I got a phone call. It was a police officer who said, hey, ma'am, we've got your husband in custody. We're going to do something we don't usually do and let you come get your car. Wow, that was a blessing. So I did. I went and got my car. And I had such a peace because I knew where he was going to be. And I knew that if he couldn't get drugs in there, I'm going to pretend that you can't get drugs in jail. <laughs> if you couldn't get drugs in there, that he would get clean. And God would be able to speak to him. Because I know he was hearing the voice of God. If he, if he wasn't, then, uh, you know, everything that I was doing was totally in vain. Because I was putting it in there myself, you know, forcing it in there. Um, and that's when things changed for me. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man is valid much. Don't make the prayer about you. Forget about yourself. What are you praying for? How does it help the kingdom of God? We were a team. God still needed us. And I am so thankful that he delivered him that day. I've been reading in Samuel, and I'll, I'll close with this. Um, I've been reading about David, and God showed me something. I don't think highly of myself at all in any way. Um, 
But God showed me David. And, you know, he was anointed to be king. And then what did he do? He went back to the sheep. I bet he was a little bit like us thinking, ooh, I wonder what the Lord's going to do. You know, I wonder what he's going to have me do. But he's still with the sheep. Um, David left the sheep. His father told him, go take these gifts, this bread and everything, to your brothers. Because they were in war, you know, fighting the giant uh, giants. And uh, he said, leave your sheep, leave them with another shepherd, go. I want to stop right there and say, if you have a pastor who goes and preaches in different churches and you get upset about it because he's not at your church, stop it. Yeah. Stop it right now. Yeah. He is called of God yeah. to take the anointing, That's right. yeah. okay, to fight battle with people. Yeah. David left his sheep with another shepherd. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? He left his sheep with another shepherd. He went out and fought battle. And then he came back. That's what these preachers are doing. They're leaving their sheep with another shepherd. They're going out to help somebody fight a battle. And then they're coming back. That's biblical for them to do that. So support them. So David left. And he went and he fought this battle. If David had not left, the giant wouldn't have been defeated that day. Then what? The armies of Israel might have been defeated. You have to obey God. If God has called you somewhere to do something, you've got to listen to that voice. Sister Carla called me. I knew it was God. I knew it was. I even asked her, are you sure? Are you sure? Do you know who you're talking to? Because I am nobody but God. God has called each and every one of you to do something. If it's moving one chair to the other side of the room, you helped some, somebody out in the kingdom. You did. But there's a bigger calling. There's a bigger purpose. He will try you. He will test you. Are you going to be faithful? Will you stick with it when it's hard? Will you stick with it? How much do you want to be in the will of the Lord? How important is it? God's making us all warriors. And he wants to make you a warrior today, too. And I want to challenge you to just search yourself. Um, Sister Carly kind of gave me this idea. I, I want you to turn to um, your table. And the Bible says to confess your, your sins to one another. We don't have time for that. Let's not do that today. We're all real people. We have lots, lots of problems. We've been through lots of things. But... I want you to find somebody today, and I want you to pray with them. Um, Tell them a little bit about something that you're going through, because that's biblical for you to do that. And as women, we kind of just let our husbands do that a lot. You know, they get to go out and have fun. Anybody else experience that? They get to do some cool things with with the men, and the men are always raring to go, ready to go. Women are too busy. We're busy with kids. We're busy with the house. Stop it. We have to make time for ourselves. Some of us came this week, two, three people that I'm sure of, and this is just their getaway. Do something for yourself. Do something for yourself for the kingdom. And right now, I want you to find somebody and talk to them and pray with one another that God would make a warrior, a soldier out of you, because that's what he would have us to be, a soldier. I know we're not spitting and sputtering and jumping around like a pogo stick and a crazy person. But God has spoken today and hopefully has told you that he's got a work for you. Yeah. He's got a work for you to do for his kingdom. Yeah. 
So I want you to find somebody, and I want you to stay with this person through to the next year. Uh, maybe it's just through a phone call or something. Get somebody who will reach heaven with you and for you. That's so important in the kingdom of God. So I want you to do that, and I want to end prayer like that, if that's okay, um, with us just praying for one another. Just find your person at your table and pray. And thank you so much for listening to my story, and I hope I get to hear your story one day, too. If God can do this for me and my family, then he will do it for you and yours. But if you can stay, let's let's just turn to our tables and hold hands and pray for each other. And and let's that fervent prayer that God's mentioned. If you have a specific need, share it with your table if you want to. And let's just take some time to pray. Thank y'all for coming, ladies. <laughs>